0: Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Thank you, guys. Are, are we using the mic for uh, recording purposes? Or Okay, so it needs to be used. If I put it here, will it still be in there Or do I need to hold it? Okay, we need to hold it. I'll take the glasses off so you can look straight into my eyes. So did everyone just sign the waiver right now? (laughs) Just want to double check. Make sure we've got some disclaimers in place. Well, it's an honor to be here today. Um, I've spent some time with your amazing pastors. And I have to say that they are extraordinary people. You are honored to have them. Sometimes we can be most familiar with the greatest gifts in front of us because we have easy access. And the Bible says that familiarity breeds contempt. And the word contempt actually is a legal word from a courtroom where an individual in the stand becomes so familiar that they start to treat a judge with equality of like, I'm bringing you down to my level. We lose all respect, we lose value, and therefore we lose the covering. And it's so important that when you have such precious jewels like your pastor's, You're way too quiet. (laughs) Not enough agreement in the room. We need to have some more agreement there. That we go, the Bible says that those that labor among you in the word are worthy of double honor. Let me help you with the definition of what double honor is. However, you honor yourself, times that by two, double equals two. That's what Jesus would ask of you. We have problems with that because we have problems with knowing how to submit to leadership. Because leadership and parents have hurt us in life. And so we just become independent and we show up. We're apart, but we're not one. I'm not even in my message yet. This is my introduction. Look what you guys are making me say. See, Acts chapter 2, Jesus has ascended. And they're in the upper room. And the world, we've been watching all kinds of riots and craziness. Hello? You're blind, deaf, and maybe a little dumb if you haven't seen any of that stuff going on. The problem is, is that's unity without oneness. They're not for each other. They're for a common cause. But the kingdom of God is different. See, Acts chapter 2, they were together, unity, and in one accord, oneness. See, the difference between us and the world is that we don't just walk together, we are one. Come on, I know I'm scaring some of you. I'm actually only warming you up. Are you with me? So, it's not just enough for us to show up in church, we have to become family. And family might not look like what we grew up with, it has to look like heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not not heaven lining up with my experience. Come on. I I can't make Jesus into a golden calf because that's what God looks like to me. I need to look like Jesus. Paul said, I labor over you until Christ Jesus is formed in you. Not till Jesus starts to look like you. So, our job is that we die daily so that we can resurrect to look like Him. Not so that we can be comfortable in our position, in our sin, in our habits, and this is just the way I'm made. No, it's not. It's the way that you used to partner with the devil, and Jesus is looking to crucify that. Well, that's not very loving, it's very loving. Because it's holding you back from who you really are. <laughs> Anyways, so we honor. We honor. Yeah, It's actually not my opinion. That's the Bible. Some of you are like, this dude's a heretic. No, I'm just quoting scripture. Read it. It'll change your life. <laughs> okay, so um, it's an honor to be here. We really, I'm honored that you'd trust me to be here and scare your people. And... Um, That's my beautiful wife over there. Her name's Rebecca. Everyone calls her Bex. And uh, we're technically missionaries to this land. We were four months married and God called us here. We were going to do the whole, you know, little Christian culture thing and just settle into life for the first year and do marriage. And God says, actually, your traditions don't mean anything to me. My agenda is what we're doing. we got too many feelings involved. And not enough obedience. We've got too much comfort and not enough dedication to the king. And we need to learn how to lay our life down and follow him and not tell him to go on hold until we're ready. It hurts. I'm not going to make it up. I'm not going to put cotton candy on it. I'm going to tell you the truth. But that will set you free. And it will make you great. Because everyone has purpose, but in between. Look, see, the thing I love about prophecy, and I love the prophetic, I love prophecy, is everyone puts their identity in potential. But potential means nothing without discipline and death. You'll never realize destiny until you say, I'm going to deny myself, take up my cross and follow Jesus. And Jesus is going up Calvary. He's not going to a white picket fence and a little seven-day timeshare vacation. Now, if you seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, you get all that stuff, but that's not the goal in the kingdom. The goal in the kingdom is that the millions and billions of lost people that will go to hell forever while we comfortably sit in church get radically encountered by the King of glory. And the only way they can see that is by us because Jesus clearly has sat down at the right hand of the Father looking at His younger brothers and sisters, waiting on them to do something with what He paid for. But in order for that to happen, I must get out the way and He must increase. That's what John the Baptist said. I must decrease. Uh, uh, Matthew, uh, Sorry, John chapter 3 verse 30. I must decrease, He must increase. Well, I just want to have my place. I want to have my name in a plaque. No, no, no. Jesus. Come on, on, somebody. I'm happy today. It's a good day to be alive. There's a Holy Ghost oil change and blowing out the carburetor. Hello. I'm having fun. I love Jesus a whole bunch, and it's an honor to be here. And I was going to speak a whole bunch on discipleship. God's given me some really awesome download on discipleship. But God just took me in another direction. We're going to probably do a little touching on discipleship here and there. I already have a little bit. Discipleship comes from the root word discipline. It doesn't come from Bible study. Discipleship is not a 12-week course. Discipleship is a lifestyle of submission, get this, to God and man and women. Hello. It means to be disciplined of soul, heart, and spirit by fathers and mothers. And not five so that I can pick the answer I like. We're a multi-choice generation. Some of you look at me like, I'm really comfortable. I'm having a good time in Jesus. See, I'm, this is not an act for me. This is who I am. I was made this way. See? Christ ascended into the earth, then he ascended. And when he ascended, he gave gifts to men. I'm an odd one. I'm an odd gift. I'm an acquired taste. But I'm a necessary spice. Amen. Very essential. Okay. Give us more. Okay, so what I want to talk today is mandatory because... You see, we're wh- a people that have encountered the prophetic. We're a people that understand Father, Son, Holy Spirit to the measure that we've encountered Him. But it's hard for us to swallow difficult words. If you want to talk about discipleship, Jesus is up on the mountains with 5,000 men, which probably means fifteen to 20,000 with women and children. Hello. Because they didn't count men, uh, women and children back then. Talk about equality. And he feeds them all loaves and fishes. And everyone loves loaves and fishes. That's a Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> Actually, no, it's a fish filet sandwich, what I meant to say. Fish filet. Fish filet! <laughs> right? So he's feeding everyone fish filet, flatbreads, right? Unleavened bread. You know it's true. To be kosher. And everyone loves that. See, everyone loves getting in on free lunch. We love miracles and encounters, but we struggle with discipline. See, so then that story, we segment that story because in our brilliance, modern Christianity put chapters and verses to break the journey up in the book. You guys know that, right? Because Jesus didn't say, okay, we're turning over to chapter 12 now. It's a new era. It's a new season, new dispensation. He didn't say that. He just lived it in obedience to the Father. I know I might not be like anything you've ever seen before. And that's what we need sometimes is someone's curveball to come catch us off guard and just shake the dust off. And I'm not saying you're dusty, but if the shoe fits. I mean that in a lot of love. So loaves and fishes are handed out, Right? And then the disciples get in a boat, they go across the lake, but Jesus don't take a boat. Jesus walking over the water and everyone's like, whoa, whoa. And Peter's like, whoa, for a minute. And then he's like, whoa, sinking, right? And then Jesus saved me and he wrote a song and sold millions of albums. It shouldn't be this fun. But then it gets interesting because he gets to the other side and everyone hears he's on the other side of the lake and people start catching up with him. You guys read the book lately? Everyone catches up with him. And they're like, whoa, Jesus, it's you, Jesus. Awesome, Jesus. And he's like, you only came because you ate loaves and fishes. See, you like it when you benefit. What about where it costs you? Because this kingdom has not changed the earth through benefit. It's changed the earth through cost. You want revival? Blood of martyrs. Go read history. The world has been changed through the blood of the saints that gave all, not took all. I love testimonies of provision. I'm all about that. That's a byproduct. God's looking for those that will pay a price. That's how we see. We need to change eternity, not live my best life now right. or my blessed life now. Right. <laughs> Serious? Amen. This is true. This will just give you something to chew on for the next six months. <laughs> and then it goes on further, and people are still into it because they know lunchtime's coming and we might get more loaves and fishes. <laughs> so they hang on for a little bit. And Jesus said, Well, I know what the manna was that came down from heaven. And they're like, yeah, Moses gave us that manna. And Jesus is like, mm-mm, my daddy did. My daddy gave you that bread that came from heaven. And then he started to mess everyone up. He's like, I'm that bread. I came down from heaven. And now people are choking because their comfort's been challenged by truth. Now they don't want to continue with sandwich maker Jesus. Because Jesus become offensive maker Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, you don't like that? Let's carry on to the next verse. Turn the page. Remember those books we had when we were kids? Turn the page. <laughs> and he said, I tell you that if you want to really get a part of this, you need to eat my body and drink my blood. Yeah. And then it says, and many disciples, not, not crowd, it said many disciples got up and left because they were offended. We've got to stop having a romance only with miracles and encounters, and we need to press into the deeper truths of the kingdom that cause transformation and change. And then Jesus, very secure in his mission and mandate, doesn't need a big church. Turns to his guys and says, I'm on mission. I'm staying the course. Are you guys going to leave with them? And Peter makes one of those awesome, redeeming moments in Peter's story. Because we all know Peter gives us all a lot of hope through his bumps. Yeah. Air cutting off Peter, cussing out Peter, water sinking into Peter. <laughs> we have a brilliant moment, Peter getting ready to happen. He goes, Jesus, where can we go? For you alone have the words of life. Yeah. And Jesus, is like, top marks. Yeah. Good boy. Because yeah. this is not some Bible study you attended. There's a spirit of God has put this on you. You see, and we need to come to this place where we say, no matter what the cost, I will not bow. No matter what insult it does to my personal flesh, my old nature, my personality that is unredeemed, that I'm saying that this is the way I am. No matter what it costs me, I'm following Jesus. See, really, if you want to walk with Jesus, it's 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 a gospel of, Me dying and him living. Of me saying no to me and me saying yes to him. There's a lot of times God's come to me. You see, there's a teaching out there that says, you know, if it sounds good to your soul, if it makes you excited, it must be God. Well, you go give that doctrine to Eve. Because she was excited about that fruit for a minute. Hello, am I talking to the right people today? That's why it says test all things. Because Jesus is going to ask you to do things in your life that cost you and hurt and make you say, oh, no, but I must. That's why I love Peter's redeeming story, because Peter's blundering, falling over, you know, uh, scraping his knees. He's, He's being a mess. But I'm so thankful that Jesus picked him and not a bunch of intellectual scholars. Come on, somebody. Someone feeling some hope. Thank you, Peter, for being in the book. Because I got hope. Yeah. You got hope. Yeah. But Jesus looks at him, and says, I tell you this. When you're old, you'll be dressed by another. And you'll be led where you do not want to go. And he was prophesying Peter's death, crucifixion, in chains, being dressed by another, led. And Peter, at the end of his life, you can see the transformation of death to self because he says, I'm not even worth. He's not trying to escape anymore. He's not lying. He's not making up stories. He's saying, I'm not even worthy. be crucified like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. Death to self. That's not a mantra you're going to hear shouted in too many churches. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to be great in the kingdom, nevertheless, not I live, but Christ lived in me. I know this is not woo! Like see if I was here and I was like, listen guys, I had an encounter last night, an angel called Josephus came to me and he told me how to make a million dollars and to tell everyone. You guys would be like, Whoa! "Woo, Take my money and make me money. Right? You would. But the second God says, Okay, this is what the kingdom really looks like. That's why Jesus said, Do not store up for yourself treasure on earth where rust and moth decay, but rather store up for yourself treasure in heaven where it cannot decay. What do you want? A nice house here with some great stories. And a shack in heaven made of straw? Come on. Come on. I'm not saying in order to be great in heaven, you need to be poverty here. That's, Jesus wasn't poverty. Yep. Yep. But I am saying you need to be obedient. Right. And obedience looks like denial of what I want, so he gets what he wants. Because yep. yep. he paid for me, I am no longer my own property, I am bought with a price. Yes. On, I'm a son that has my father's interests ahead of my own. I know this is not a popular gospel, but it's the real one. Bible says in the last days, men would not endure sound teaching anymore, but rather would get a whole bunch of teachers that would make them feel awesome and make them feel powerful with knowledge so that, they, so that the great falling away could happen. And they, if possible, even the very elect would be deceived. So what do you want? Cotton candy or truth? Come on. Come on. We got devils to dislodge. We have souls to plunder. We have darkness, disease, and infirmity to cast out. But you cannot do it with someone else's words. You can't take anointed Pastor Jesse's words and imitate them, or you're going to end up looking like the sons of Sceva who know the abracadabra word but have no authentic power. And authentic power only comes through death to self. That's why before Jesus went into the greatness of his ministry, he went into a 40-day fast. The devil came to attack him at the end of the fast. Interesting. And then he came out and jude from power on high. What that means is... Heaven's power began to amplify on his life and great miracles and signs and wonders started following. Not so that he could build a Facebook following, but so that he could start to expand the kingdom and authenticate the king of heaven. He never once drew attention to himself. He always pointed to the father. Oh, that our generation would learn that. We'll just follow my page. Okay, I'm going to start my message now. Where's my drink? I know it's a hot day, but it's probably a little hotter right now. Is this okay? I love you guys. I've never been here before, but I've got a passion for this place. We've come and laid out. We left our families, the places we love. We left New Zealand, beautiful country. We left all our support system, and we came here... Because, look, I've had so many believers in this nation tell me that California is a lost cause and almost laid hands on them. Because I believe that light works best in darkness. And I believe that revival is not for those that claim to be great, but for those that have great attack, assignment, oppression, and darkness over their lives and over their territories. And I believe that California, Southern California, is going to see a move of God, but... It's not going to be a nostalgic reenactment of the 60s. Because God has got too many new plays to use an old one that He already used. Come on, we need to stop being nostalgic Christians that are trying to relive past moves and calling it revival. We need an authentic move of God. And I'm going to tell you right now, the next authentic move, you're going to hear weeping, not laughing. You're going to hear people where it's not Christians baptizing Christians, but it's the lost saying, I just met Jesus for the first time. I'm no longer an addict. I'm no longer a slave to sex and perversion. I'm no longer depraved. I'm no longer tormented by demons. Now, I'm all for Christians getting rededicated. But that don't change the population in heaven. And this war we fight is 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 a war where the territory and the real estate is Souls. Not great ministries. I don't care if no one knows my name. I, I want them to meet Jesus. I know that's the same for your pastor. You have a good pastor. You do. You have an awesome pastor. I know I'm not like your pastor, but I tell you what, it's just a difference in apostolic administration. I'm just rattling cages because if a few of us wake up weak, look, look, listen, guys. If Jesus, the king of heaven, the master of wisdom and strategy came down and discipled 12 who became 11 because there's always a traitor hanging out. There's always someone getting ready to line their own pockets and give themselves advantage. But if Jesus could take 11 with a plan to populate the world, I think you're going to be all right as long as we die to ourselves. Come on. We just need to go all in. We need to stop being members and we need to start being participators. We need to stop being associated and we need to start becoming sons and daughters. See, an employee is only around for the wages. A son will fight to the death over his father's estate. Okay, you guys ready? You got your Bibles? That was a little mini-sermon. Come on, Jesus, we just ask you to break open the atmosphere right now to render heavens, God. We ask that you would just come, that there would be a move today, that we would leave old parts of our will and, and lives and, and even emotions on the altar, God. Anything that's holding us back from being all in, God, would be on the altar today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, so I want to talk today because we're great at having testimonies. And look, look, when I first came here, I was shocked because everyone always had good things to say and no one ever talked about anything bad happening in their life. I'm like, these people are awesome. <laughs> this territory, like, these are the friendliest people I've ever met, and they only tell good stories. Wow. We don't like to share when we're under attack. We don't. It, how you doing? Oh, everything's great. And then you go home and you're tormented with demonic oppression. And I'm talking to sons and daughters of God. You're tormented with hell putting all of its cannons and weapons against you. Come on. You know, I'm not talking about sin stuff. I'm talking about you living right and hell coming after you. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. So I'm not here to give you a praise me down message. I'm here to expose hell. And I want to I teach you for a little bit of time. On how to walk and survive, thrive through seasons of onslaught from hell. Can we get this right now? So I'm going to speak to you as someone in the military. I'm not in your corner giving you counsel. I'm going to give you instructions. Is that okay? So don't misinterpret. I'm not being harsh. I love you. I'm for you. I've not met you, but I love you in the Lord and I care for you. And I do not want you to be taken out by the cheap shots of the enemy. Because I'm here to tell you that there is only one creator. You can see him in Genesis 1 and 2. You can see Jesus, the creative one, expressing those creations. True? Satan is not a creator. Therefore, he has to keep reusing his playbook with different names, scenarios, and props. Are you with me? He's still saying, Has God really said He's gonna look after you? Come on, you know I'm telling you the truth. Has God really said you're gonna make it? Has God really said that your marriage is blessed? Come on, come on, on, somebody. Okay. It is. (laughs) We all walk through challenging seasons where it feels like, and that's all of us, that's not just those of us that are like, are honest. It's all of us, even the ones with only the good praise reports. May I challenge you, give honest praise reports, not good ones. Because your pastors and the leadership team, here they need to hear honesty. Your friends don't need you to say, everything's great, let's do lunch. They don't need that. You actually don't need it. You need to say, I'm going through hell right now. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I'm not sinning. I'm walking. Maybe you are sinning and you need to get that out too. Because that's called an open door. That's called a Trojan horse. Someone needs to stand up and say, you know what? I'm struggling right now. I'm trying to do everything right, but I feel like everything in my life is under attack. It's okay. It's healthy to have those moments. I'm concerned for those that don't. If you confess your sins one to another, you walk in the light as he is in the light, and then the blood of Jesus is applicable to wash you from all sin. Yeah. But that's also true for areas when the enemy comes in. Yeah. Because while you keep the fact that the enemy is attacking you to yourself, you've got, you've got a demonic pastor counseling you to crumble. Yeah. Right. But when I take what's happening and I get it into the light... I expose those lies and whispers and murmurs in the spirit over my life and they start to lose their power. You guys know what I'm talking about? So when you have those moments where it's like, man, I I feel like I'm going crazy or man, it it can apply to sin too. When you've been struggling with sin and the devil's just like, just don't tell anyone, they'll all lose respect for you. But the second you get your mouth open, the power of the enemy breaks because the devil works in secret. He doesn't have the power to stand in public. That's why he is the God of darkness. Feel the Holy Ghost. This is for somebody right now. Someone needs to open their mouth and start talking about what's going on in secret bedrooms. Someone needs to open their mouth and start talking about the torment that you wake up with and the dreams you have at night. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong on this right now. All over my head like a crown. There's sweat on my head too because it's hot. Someone needs to get this. We are not called to let, look, listen guys. Satan is going to burn forever. Yep. Don't go with him. Yeah. Yeah. This is a pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> I said this recently, Satan is a fallen angel, not an equal God. Yeah. Stop treating him like he's on equal level with Jesus. His power is only made manifest while it's secret. Yeah. The second we bring it into the light, the powers of darkness are exposed and disbanded. We need to get our shame and our ego out the way and start saying it's okay for pastors too. Because let me tell you, church, you need to pray for your pastors. I mean you really need to pray for your pastors. Because pastors are the shield in front of the church. And you think the devil's hitting you? They're coming through the pastor team. They are. that's why it says pray for those in authority over you. And stop using their last message to be offended so you can leave. To excuse the fact that you don't want to be submitted and walk in the light anyways. Oh man, I'm saying some stuff right now. Could we please put a formal request and never have Andrew Billings back? (laughs) So we all walk through these seasons where it feels like darkness is trying to drown the very life of God. We feel cut off. We feel like Jesus who says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The problem is, is we need to remember, never will I leave you nor forsake you. Never. God said it to Abraham. Jesus said it to his disciples right before he ascended. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. But there are seasons where the dark clouds come over top of us and try and cut, o- cut off the open heavens so we feel abandoned, rejected by God. Come on. So that we feel vulnerable so that we give in to the enemy. Come on, somebody. You are a king and a priest. Orange County needs you to walk in breakthrough. Not just wait for your pastors to walk and break through and let them do the job. You need to walk and break through. And that for, to do that, you've got to know who your God is and know who He is in your life and know who you are and stop listening to the lies and the deception of hell that are trying to disarm you. Is someone getting something this morning? Let me tell you what the devil's agenda is. Because we need to learn how to stand through these seasons. Now, I've written these three things down that I really like. Without retreating. We need to learn how to stand through these seasons without retreating, without retracting our faith. Remember those things that you declared with so much boldness? God is for me, who could be against me? I'm gonna prosper, I'm gonna live and not die. I'm in, a, I'm in a single people. I'm, God has told me I'm going to be married and I'm going to have a spouse. See, see, you've made declarations of faith. And just like Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days, at the end of your declaration, the devil shows up to challenge if you're authentic or if you're shallow. If you're, some seed fell on shallow ground and sprung up quickly, it looked good, Orange County, but it had no depth. We need to learn that once we make a declaration and a decree in the Spirit with our faith, we never retract it. That's why it says, write the vision down on a tablet, make it plain so that someone may run with it. And though it tarries or delays, it will come and not delay in the end. See, See, God speaks things to us that He's going to do and promises, and we get that out of our mouth in agreement. The problem is, is that we believe we have a perception of the timing. Well, I'm going to give God till 11.59, and then I'm going to give up on Him. Well, God never gave you a time, sweetheart. You need to let God do His job well and be God, and you need to stop playing God and be patient. I waited patiently for the Lord. I didn't have a tantrum while I was waiting. But I tell my kids, I'm going to give them something nice, and they just start having tantrums. Well, okay, you don't have it then. Or you'll have it when you're older. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry, not my tantrum. And by the way, God only hears the words of faith, not the words of crying and whining. Not complaining, not tantrums. You can't guilt trip God into your breakthrough. Come on somebody, I'm gonna say that again. You cannot guilt trip God into your breakthrough. You're gonna have to stand in faith when your feelings wanna say other things. You need to stop letting your emotions steer the wheel of your life and you need to put that in the trunk and tie those things up. Not saying ignore your feelings, I'm just saying don't speak them out. We walk by faith, not by emotions. I'm aggressive. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. (laughs) We need to hear the stuff. The last thing that the devil wants to do, so he he wants you to retreat. He wants you to back up from you standing in position. He wants you to withdraw the words. He wants you to renounce the words. He wants you to look to the judge and say, please strike that statement off the record. It has no power. Why would the devil attack your faith and your word so much? Because we get the inheritance, not him. He's a trespasser in our land. This is our land. Come on. This is the heritage of the sons of God. This is the inheritance. We get the nations. What that means is people groups. So that means Orange County's ours, not his. It's ours. We've made the church into a play school, kindergarten, daycare. It is a war zone. Now, yes, it's a hospital. Yes, it's a family. But if all we do to come is come and get our our (laughs) applesauce, you ain't never gonna grow. We need to get the meat of the Word that causes us to be stable, steadfast, and resilient like lions backing down to no man, no demon bowing to one king. That's why this territory has retreated in the spirit over the last 20, 30 years. And we in our generation must take it back. We need to get decided. But before we can make big declarations, we need to get our own bedroom cleaned up. The third thing that he wants us to do is he wants us, listen to this, he wants us to doubt the goodness of God. If the devil can get you to doubt the goodness of God, your faith will dry up, your spirit will grow faint and you'll start to partner with the devil more than God. That's what Jesus meant when he said, having a form of godliness. You know how to sing that nice elevation song. You know how to quote a couple of scriptures. You know even how to do the different postures in church. You know how to be nice enough to get people to go away but be nice enough to let them think you're awesome. We need to cross the line. And we need to get the stuff out that's making us weak. And we need to stop letting the devil counsel us. And we need to start letting the Word of God and the ministry here disciple us. And that means, some. have you ever read the book lately? Or do you just read the Scriptures you like? Do you skip the Scriptures that make you feel uncomfortable? Because I want to challenge you that that's not your theory when you go to the gym to work out. I'm just going to skip leg day every day. I'm going to have chicken drumsticks. I'm going to have a real yoked upper body. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. If you could see in the spirit, that's what most Christians look like in our generation because they're skipping the stuff that hurts. We need to press into the stuff that, oh man, that makes me uncomfortable. God, you're telling me I'm wrong? (laughs) Yes. Come Come on, we need to get this, guys. We need to get this where we lean into our Father, knowing that He loves us, is for us, and He's not trying to hurt us, although correction hurts. Yeah. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, if you're without discipline, chastening, oh, by the way, and scourging. Who saw the passion? Yeah. Come, on, we all, come on, you can't be saved and not see the passion. <laughs> that, that, a scourge is not a whip. A scourge has nine tails... And it has metal bone or shell, or sometimes wood, but normally metal bone or shell, sewn and weaved into the end so that when it whips, it digs in like a fishing hook. And the the job of the scourge is to tear off flesh. Did you hear what I just said? Tear off flesh. Not pat, there, there, Johnny. Your identity's in Christ. I'm not sorry. Sometimes we use language too much to avoid dealing with the stuff that God's asking us for and we distract ourselves from the very discipline that we need to walk through. We find a prophetic reason to walk around the fire rather than walk through it. Having a form of godliness but denying the power. So if you want power, it's going to cost you, it's going to hurt but it's worth it. And then on the other side of the worth it, you're like, man, I didn't need that anyway. That's not who I was. That was holding me back. I was deceived. I deceived me and I was blaming the devil. We blame the devil for stuff that we're taking the credit for. Oh, it was the devil. No, it was you. You did this to you. You made the decision. You changed gears. You turned the steering wheel. Man, it's hot in here. Okay, so you guys ready? We're going to go to the scriptures. Turn with me, please, to 1 Peter chapter 4. We've been taught in prophetic culture that God only wants to bless us and give us an amazing life so that we can live our best life now. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's just all going to work out real well. We're only going to focus on the positive. Mm-mm. No. How do you fit Jesus walking up Calvary? Scourged where they could see through his ribcage and all his organs were exposed. How do you put that into the modern church narrative? Well, he died so I didn't have to. Then why did he say, if you want to come after me, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross, not mine. Take up your own cross and follow me. Come on, you charismatic church, you went real quiet on me. I heard you shouting and screaming before when I talked about a million dollars. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay, first Peter chapter four, I'm gonna read from verse twelve. Beloved, that's you, your beloved. God loves you, and He's for you, and He has a destiny over your life. It's just that each one of us, myself included, are carrying things that make me unqualified to proceed, otherwise I'd already be in the fullness of my call. There are things that need to leave my life in order for me to be promoted, elevated, or to proceed. Otherwise, the giants in the land will be too great for me and overwhelm me. What we need to learn is that Gideon didn't need a big army. He needed a dedicated one. And God doesn't need you half in. He only can work with those that have fully died to themselves and said, no matter what it takes, Jesus, I'm for you. And that's different for different people because, listen, guys, one of the problems is is we look at a model and we say, I need to imitate that. No, you don't. You need to walk out your personal walk with God and you need to die daily to the things that He's asking of you. You don't need to start imitating Pastor Jesse or Pastor Jessica to try and be something. But at the same time, don't use your individual uniqueness to hide and not have to pay the price and go deeper because I'm not going to be standing with you. Listen, there are two judgments in eternity, judgment for the lost and judgment for the sons and daughters. And he's going to look at each one of us and say, how did you steward my son? Well, Jesus, I was really afraid because you're really intense. And so what I did was I just kind of like blended in and I became very relevant to the world so that no one would be offended. And I didn't want to be too hardcore because those people are just too hardcore. So I just found this place. I was very creative with my ability and my talent. And I buried it. it. When I get to heaven, there's going to be no gas in the tank. I'm driving this thing all the way. I'm giving all to God. How about you? Come on, some of us. Some of us need to cross over today. Presence OC has a place in this territory to shake powers and principalities. But it cannot do it with just the leadership. The church must do it. They were all together and in one accord. Not just unity because we like singing worship together or we like the way the kids are looked after in daycare. That's a powerhouse, Children's Church. Going to raise up nation shakers. But it can't just be some branded identity. It has to be a soul that is sold out giving all for the King. That's why America has been falling. Because we fell in love with church franchise and we fell out of love of Jesus. We started adopting models so that we could be successful. And not death to self so we could please Him. I'd rather have people hate me than Jesus be, and Jesus be proud of me than me be popular and a well-known name, and Jesus be ashamed. No gas in the tank. We're driving this old Chevy all the way. <laughs> or Ford, some of you don't want to offend anybody now. <laughs> I'm a Tesla person. <laughs> okay so first peter chapter 4 verse 12 beloved do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you yeah. hang on a minute i thought we're here to live our blessed life i jesus paid it all so i didn't have to why are bad things happening god is the god of angel armies Welcome to the family. Do not think it's strange concerning, concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though something strange happened to you. I don't know what happened. It's like God left me and all of hell came to take out my destiny. Now, Hang on a minute. You signed the waiver. You were pre-educated. Now you're here, don't go and see if the devil has a better offer. Or there's a more gracious church. Well, there's a church that just fits our personality better. Oh, you mean lets you stay the way you are? It doesn't demand that you grow. Doesn't talk about the stuff that possibly could make you so compromised that you could go to church all your life and still end up in flames. This definitely isn't popular and it's definitely not a safe place to devils. We're preaching devils out. (laughs) See, we need to take seriously the scriptures that says all of creation awaits and eagerly groans the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. What's it going to take to reveal a son and daughter of God? Things being removed that were hiding you from being seen. The things that are holding you back. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm having a lot of fun. You know why? Because I'm smiling to you and a little aggressive, but I'm just, I'm just popping devils in the face right now. Because that's the only communication they're going to get from me is war. We do not negotiate with hell. We do not counsel hell. We rebuke it in Jesus' name. You guys with me? You didn't even get warned enough. But rejoice. Hang on a minute. I'm, I'm under attack, but you're telling me to rejoice? What kind of oxymoron is this, Holy Spirit? I thought you just wanted to give me cuddles and hugs and kisses on the face and angel feathers and gold dust. But I've got fiery trials tearing me up and you're telling me to rejoice? Exactly. This is how we overcome. We don't let the devil know he's hurting us. We don't go get those six friends that we gossip with in the name of prayer, brother. We get prayer partners. We pull them in. We rebuke hell and we worship Jesus. We don't start saying, well, this might be it, guys. I'm going to tap out. Oh, the devil's really getting one on me. All you're doing is telling him he's doing well. I'm not into giving the devil strategic advantage. This is war. Otherwise, in Ephesians, you would have been given pom-poms and skirts. You were issued weapons and and armor. Come on. Change my mind. Seriously. This is not a game. And I'm not trying to be macho. It's just a fact. There are souls on the balance of you getting your life right and going all in. Your neighbors that are currently going to hell while you sit comfortably in church. We need to stop having so much comfortable Christianity and we need to get engaged with the king, yeah. bowing before heaven, fasting and praying and pulling on heaven. How am I doing for time? Don't worry, coming. In five minutes? In five minutes? Okay, well, I need to hurry then. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. You know that Paul said to his spiritual son, discipleship, Timothy, study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, that's very offensive and controlling that you're telling me to do that, Pastor. How dare you get in my personal space and control me? Well, stay the way you are. You have to account for you. Yeah. Timothy, study to show yourself a proof. So if you, if you turn that backwards, Timothy, don't study, you'll be ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. And you won't rightly divide the word of truth. You'll live in deception and you'll be more of a tool in the hands of the devil than a weapon in the hands of God. Yeah. That's what deception does. Okay, that's, that's all I'm saying on that. Let's keep moving. Good word. To the extent that you... Uh, um, Okay, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed you are. Now, that's not just people. When the devil makes it a priority to come and try and tear your life apart, you're blessed. Listen, I tell this to people, and I know this might scare some of you, but I'm thankful that the demonic and witches and warlocks come after me at times. Because if they didn't, I wouldn't be a threat. Because God's got unlimited resources and angels, but Satan has limited... He can only assign resources and assets to those threats. So if you're under attack, rejoice. You're on the right team. Your future is a threat to hell and a hope to heaven. Someone needs to partner with heaven over this. You need to say this with me. My future is a threat to hell and a hope to heaven. And I will not bow. I'm going to stay the course. And I'm going to walk into my destiny. destiny. Watch this. If you're reproached for the name of Christ, bless you are. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. I'm not here by my own merit. I'm not here by my own strength. I'm not here by my own anointing. I have the Spirit of God and might and glory on my life. And from that place, I walk and wage warfare and extend the kingdom. How about you? Come on, somebody. On their part, He is blasphemed, but on your part, He is glorified. Next scripture, James chapter 1, verse 2. My brothers and sisters, that went real fast. There's no time in eternity. You've got to catch up. Okay, my brothers and sisters, count it all joy. Here we are again, oxymoron Jesus. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, hang on a minute. I signed up because the preacher told me that I would have an enjoyable life. Well, I'm sorry, but the preacher lied to you. That might take a little bit. I'll say it again. If all you were sold in the brochure and the pamphlet to get into the kingdom was joy, happiness, and, and, and riches, you were lied to. That's the next life. Now, God wants to bless us abundantly, crazily, awesomely now. I've had awesome testimonies, crazy amount of money manifesting, you know, hundreds of dollars manifesting in my drawer, diamonds, gold manifesting. Yay, awesome. But that doesn't save souls. That encourages me to go after more. It equips me, it finances me. I've had an angel come into my bedroom and give me an idea which I've patented and I'm now starting to distribute. Yay, awesome testimony, but not the potency of the gospel. It's a side garnish, not main dish. We need to get the right thing, the right thing. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is it? All the kids he doesn't have custody with right now that he wants back. He wants custody. Jesus has sat down, Psalms 110, till He makes, till the Father makes Jesus' enemy, Jesus' footstool. With Jesus sitting down, how is God the Father planning on doing that and crushing the devil? Uh, 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 Soldier up. Soldier up. Now, to be a soldier, you've got to be an intimate lover. Otherwise, all you're going to do is burn yourself out with striving. We're not here to strive. We're here to go into intimacy like Jesus. And come out roaring like a lion. We've put the lion in a cage and told everyone Jesus looks like a lamb. It's wrong. He's lion and the lamb. Come on, somebody. Let the lion out of the cage. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the test, we're going to let the Holy Ghost rip up here. We'll close the service in a second. I'm not going to go over. I want to honour time. But we're going to let the Holy Ghost rip and tear us up in just a minute. Okay, I'm going to get through this. And I've I've seen this morning we're just going to have crazy power flowing today to break off the old you and to call forth the new you. Amen. Amen. Because here's the deal. You can't put to death some of the stuff in your life on your own. You need the grace of God. You need the power of God. Come on. Okay. Okay. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Not impatience. God, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Shh. You're missing the point of this test, and you're extending your season to an uncomfortable timeline. Forty years going around Mount Sinai where all the old people died off can't have been a good experience. Understand your season and close your mouth and worship God. Close your mouth if you want to complain. you got two fingers if you need to. Well, finger and a thumb. Come on, serious. When you want to agree, see, sometimes you've got to understand, the devil doesn't speak in third person. He speaks in first person. Oh, I really feel that God is not for me. Yeah, I really feel God's not for me. Stop giving him a mouthpiece. Stop prophesying the devil's plans over yourself. Know when to close it and know when to open it. I have those thoughts going through my head all the time. I'm not crazy. I just understand there's a spirit realm trying to get my mouth to speak for it. And I want to speak for the kingdom of light, not darkness. You're not crazy. Half those hospitals would be closed if we just stood up and started to dismantle this stuff. But let patience have its perfect work. Oh, so you mean that while the devil's thinking he has strategic advantage, God's using all the energy of the devil to perfect my life because a rough boulder can't become a smooth pebble without the abrasion of a strong river. You get that? Oh, why am I in this? God's like, to make you awesome. Remember when you got all excited in that Holy Ghost meeting and you were like, God's got all this amazing. I'm so called to the nations. I have destiny. God's got His hand on my life. I'm an apostolic, prophetic, evangelist, teacher, pastor. Ah! That was when you signed the contract. You didn't understand that you were invited into a process, not given a promise. You only get the destiny if you walk through the process well. Come on, this is, we need some correction in the prophetic culture that's very upside down. Yeah. You only get the promise if you walk through the process. If you sell out in the desert, you'll never taste milk and honey. That's why it says many are called, few are chosen. Guys, it's not talking about the lost. It's talking about the sons and daughters. Because the devil isn't called, you're called. But you only get chosen if you're prepared to pay the price to your death to yourself. It doesn't happen by itself. This is not Amazon Prime. You don't sign the agreement and sit on your couch on your blessed assurance waiting for God to be faithful and true. He's wanting to see if you'll be faithful and true. Come on. I ain't getting all sweaty for no reason. I hope someone's life's getting radically shifted right now. Okay, I'm going to try and land the best I can. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Listen, if you want to go up against the hordes of hell, you better make sure that you're not missing your breastplate of God's righteousness. We've been sending too many babies into the battlefield untrained and unequipped, and it's time we shift the season. We can't raise our children. I know this is an awesome church. I'm speaking as much to me as everyone else. I'm really speaking to the atmosphere over this territory. We can't raise our our children to go further than we are unless we're prepared to actually walk it because they're going to copy who you are, not what you say. You can't teach something you don't live. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. That's all of us. We all need more wisdom. Every single one of us. I don't care how wise you think you are. You need more. Because the devil's smarter than you. And if you aren't obedient with God, he'll get you. Those that abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalms chapter 91. Come on. If you don't abide, that's you living in your own life, thinking that you can make decisions and you come out from covering and then hell attacks you and, well, the devil's attacking my purpose. No, he's agreeing with your disobedience. You left cover but there's grace yeah there is grace to get back under the covering (laughs) not grace to stay living your lifestyle jesus demands death because he set the example i got like two amens one of them's your pastor the rest of you is like i don't know if i signed up for this type of christianity that's okay you can make up your mind after i've left right now i've got you ransom If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. See, remember, the devil wants you to doubt God's goodness. Once you're doubting God's goodness, you can no longer ask in faith because, let's keep reading, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let not that man or woman suppose they will receive anything from the Lord. Not even a compassion package, Jesus? You know too much. If you're going to go to God, you're not going to move His hand by making Him feel sorry for your situation. I wish I could tell you that was the case, but it's not. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because it's His pleasure to give you the kingdom And He can't give it to you, so you frustrate God giving you what you need when you refuse to be in true faith. Faith looks like God's giving it to me or I'm dying. I will not go to another resource. I don't have a backup plan. God's giving this to me. I trust Him. I've signed up. He's my covenant partner. I've submitted to Him. I've consecrated my life to Him. It's all or nothing with God. That's what faith looks like. It's not like, well, I'll go to church, and if that doesn't work, I'll go to my friend's house. She's got some spiritual gifts. Exactly. Okay, I'm trying to land. Please let me land. I know you want to go to some buffet and eat some weird food outside in the parking lot. Some of you, this might be weird food, but I'm telling you right now, if you swallow it, it might be bitter at first, but it's going to turn into honey. It's opposite. For he who doubts is like a wave driven and tossed by the sea. For let not that man or woman suppose they'll receive anything from the Lord. They are double-minded. There is a double-minded man, unstable in all their ways. Are you tired of being unstable, going from one season to another, getting beaten and battered? Make up your mind to follow Jesus. I know I'm talking to the church right now. Make up your mind to follow Jesus. Go all in. You can't be lukewarm. You can't have a little bit of relevance and a little bit of, well, Jesus helps me if I get in trouble. I'm unashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the salvation of all who would believe, first for the Jew, then for the people in Orange County. And maybe some Jews in Orange County. Okay, real quick. Revelation chapter, I was trying to get to some discipleship stuff, but I just can't this time, so I don't know. <laughs> Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Listen, the devil comes to challenge the potential word of God in your life, and you must trust God because on the other, look at guys, look at it. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured his season of shame, scourging, rejection, betrayal, humiliation, uh, crucifixion. For the joy set before Him, Jesus endured the cross, despising its shame. He didn't let His painful season get on the inside. He despised the shame of the season He was in. He walked above it. He walked in regal kingdom dignity through a difficult season. Some of us need to learn how to walk through regal kingdom dignity through difficult seasons. Stop tapping out with your complaining. Do you remember what happened to the children of Israel after God did the 10 great plagues over Egypt, opened up the Red Sea, destroyed Pharaoh's uh, army and brought them into freedom and then they complained? It disappointed God a lot. God wants to be your God, not your backup spare tire God. Those space savers really are not the best.